everybody. We are inspired now. Today we're diving into our series that focuses on Hebrews chapter 11 and the concept of faith. You know, this week as I prepared the talk, as I thought about the word faith, it occurred to me that although we use it in spiritual circles a lot, you know, around church a lot, it's probably misunderstood by many of us. You know, we can look at verses that say things like, you know, we can have a faith that moves mountains, or the verse that says, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it will obey you. Now, it's easy to be intimidated by those verses and our own faith, because, well, let me see by a show of hands right now, be honest, how many of you have moved mountains through faith this last week? Literal mountains. Anybody? Okay. Thanks for your honesty. Uh, how many of you have uprooted a mulberry tree and planted it in the sea by your faith? Let's say even in the past year. Mulberry tree, anyone? Cedar tree, ponderosa pine? <laughs> Small little bush, anyone? <laughs> you see, this faith in the Bible sounds pretty cool, but maybe it's something that we're lacking. Otherwise, we'd be arranging the, rearranging the landscape all over the place, right? Let's see, mountain over there, you two trees over there, a little more to the left. Good, good. Kind of our faith in action, right? Well, there must be something wrong with us or wrong with our faith or something. Um, maybe we're just not mature enough believers, right? We're just not quite there yet. Or, or maybe we're just not gifted. Maybe that's it. We're not gifted with enough faith. And whatever the case may be, again, it's easy to find yourself feeling intimidated and maybe even inferior when it comes to this whole concept of faith. And I want to let you know that that is not God's intent at all. Now, today we're going to be looking at just three verses at the beginning of chapter 11 in, in uh, the book of Hebrews, trying to discover what exactly does God mean when he talks about faith. You see, faith is something that God gives to each one of us as a follower of Jesus, and he wants, he wants to grow that faith in each one of us as we allow him and as we learn to trust, trust him. Now, before we define faith and take some steps from there, uh, I want to take a moment and help you see what faith is not before we look at what faith is. What faith is not, because I think there's a lot of misinformation out there. Maybe you've heard it, and maybe you actually have bought into some of these. So this may actually let you breathe a little more easily when you hear these as we kind of debunk some faith myths, if we can say that. If you want to follow along on your outline, you're welcome to take some notes, and here's where you get to fill in some blanks if you want to. Here's four things that faith is not that might help you. First of all, faith is not a force. Faith is not a force. So it's not a separate power. It's not a separate identity. It's not a force that exists outside of ourselves and outside of God that, that we try to tap into. You see, I think some people see, thing, uh, see things like this, that, that there's God over here, and then there's us, and then there's this third entity, faith. It's out here. It's a separate thing, and it, it's a thing that has incredible power, this faith out here, and if we can just find it and learn to use this force, this faith force out here, then we'd be set. And and yet, really, nothing could be further, further from the truth unless you're Yoda or Luke Skywalker, okay? That whole concept of the Force, I mean, I enjoy Star Wars a bunch, but, but I, I see the whole Force com concept is actually instructing people incorrectly about faith. And some of us have bought into this. Really, it's a New Age idea that's there. This is not biblical faith. Biblical faith is not some external force that we try to grab a hold of. Well, the second thing that faith is not is faith is not a formula, Faith is not a formula. Now, again, some people feel that if they can just figure out that formula, a faith formula, you know, put in the right code words or maybe put in the right pin number, you know, then, then they can get what they want. You know, money, stuff, whatever it is that you might want. If you have the formula down, you can actually use it to, hang on, 
can actually use it to manipulate God. I mean, I know that sounds bad, but really that's what it might turn into. Gosh, if I figure this thing out, I figure this formula, if I know the right faith words to pray, the formula, then I can get the prosperity that I want, that I think I deserve, and the healings, and, and all those things that I want and that I think I need so badly. And surely God wants me to be happy, right? I mean, he wants me to have what I want or, or need. So I just need to figure out the faith code, and then things start to happen. But again, I need to tell you that this is not what biblical faith is. This formula, this secret thing I've got to figure out and then use to, to, to make it work my way is not what biblical faith is. Well, a third thing that faith is not, faith is not just passionate confidence. It's not just passionate confidence. Now, sometimes we use the word faith to express how confident we are about something. I may say something like, you know, I believe that my football team is the best and that they're, they're going to win this game. In fact, I have so much confidence that I can say that I have faith that they'll win and that's even going to help them win. I mean, let's all get enough faith on our team and then, boy, our team's going to win the championship if we just have enough faith. See what's happening? We're building this ball of confidence that becomes faith that even influences, maybe it'll influence the outcome of things. You know, if I, if I just develop enough confidence about something, this is the idea, if I develop enough confidence about something, then God will act, right? God is just waiting for my belief and confidence to rise to a certain level, and then he'll respond to that confidence, you know? Because it says that these things will happen with your faith. I must just not have enough faith. I must, ha not, must not have enough confidence. If I just can keep growing, I just keep growing, finally God's going to go, there, now you've hit it. Now you've got enough. I'm going to move. I'm going to make things happen. He's waiting on us. Now, this is confidence, yes, and confidence is certainly a part of faith. Okay, you're going to hear that, but it is by itself, it is not biblical faith. Just get more confidence and that'll turn into faith. Fourth thing that faith is not, faith is not only a gift for a select few. It's not only a gift for a select few. Now, we do read about the gift of faith in the Bible, so when we see our faith not working for us the way that we want or the way that we think that it should, or we see other people seeming to have more faith than we do, I mean, they're getting some response to their faith. You know, we figure that maybe, well, maybe I just don't have the faith gift. You know, I just don't have that gift of faith. That's why my faith seems to be just sitting there. I don't have the gift. You don't have the gift. And again, this is not a description of biblical faith. Now, yes, there is a special gift of extra faith written about in the Bible, okay? And, and actually, we don't have time to go into that here right now, but that's a specialized thing for special circumstances. But the Bible is really clear that all followers of Jesus are to have faith, that God gifts them with faith. And our faith is to be a faith that works in powerful ways, every single one of us, okay? So faith isn't a force. It isn't a formula. It's not just passionate confidence, and it isn't only a gift for a select few. So what is biblical faith? Now, I want to give you a definition that we'll be using in developing this series for biblical faith. We'll be using it in the weeks to come. So here's your first introduction to it here. Faith is this. Faith is being sure that God is who he says he is and that he will do what he says he will do. Being sure of that, having certainty that God is who he says he is and that he will do what he says he will do. Now, we see from this definition, uh, we can see that the focus on our faith isn't on ourselves. It isn't on our own enthusiasm, it isn't on our own confidence, and it's not even on faith itself. It's God. The focus of our faith, the focus of this is God. It's God's nature and God's promises that are the object of our faith. And this is a key point to understand because it isn't our faith itself that has any power. We just talked about that. It's the object of our faith that has power. Now, there's a danger here as we start on this little series on faith this summer. How many of us want more faith? I do. So let's pursue more faith. So what do we start pursuing? 
faith. Wait, we just said that. It's not an external force. It's not God and me and faith. Pursue faith. How do you get more faith? Pursue God. Thank you. First service that pulled it in. Thank you, third service. Yes! (laughs) Going to get me preaching up here. It's God. We pursue God, and that actually develops and expands your faith. Do you catch the difference? And so sometimes we feel like, I just need to have more faith. Well, then pursue God. Don't pursue the faith. That's going to come. That's going to come. So, so that's a beautiful thing. The object of our faith is what has the power. And so we put our faith in understanding who God truly is. Now, we have a good working definition of faith. We'll expand it in the weeks to come. But let's take it the next step. You see, faith isn't out there, like we said, just a force or a formula or, or a gift for a chosen few. It's to be cultivated. It's to be grown in us. So although you may think that you, you, you don't have very much faith, wouldn't you like to know how your faith can grow? Wouldn't you like to have a real feel for where your faith is right now? You know, where are you? And then how can, how can God, how can I allow God to help me grow it in me bigger and stronger day at a time? Well, I can grow my faith. God can grow faith in you, and you can do that in a couple of ways. First of all, I can grow my faith by having a growing confidence in God's promises. I can grow my faith by having a growing confidence in God's promises. See, confidence is a part of this but it's not just confidence, right? See, the Bible is full of God's promises for us, and it also says that God doesn't lie and God doesn't change, okay? He doesn't lie and he doesn't change. So if we read a promise from God in the Bible, we know for sure that the promise still holds, okay? It's true because he doesn't lie and because God doesn't change, the promise is still good, and God is going to keep that promise. doesn't matter if he gave it thousands of years ago. He doesn't change. He didn't lie. That promise is still good. Now, Hebrews 11, verse 1, and Pastor Ron read it earlier, but it says this as we kick into our Hebrews 11 passage. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Confidence and assurance of things that we do not see because they haven't happened yet, right? Our faith is always future-focused. If we look back and say, I have faith that it was going to be sunny last week, is that faith? It's kind of ridiculous. You just know that it was. If you were around, you could observe it. So faith is never backwards focused. It's future focused. I'm going to focus on the future, but it can rely on several things from the past to help establish and, and give us confidence in our faith. First of all, faith has from the past the Bible to rely on. The Bible has been proven to be reliable and true. And, and here's the key, though. We have to know what the Bible says so we can rely on those promises, right? The promises that are there. But the Bible has a perfect track record in the past, and so I can now have faith in the future that what the Bible has been saying will continue to work. Second, God has always shown up in the past, hasn't he? For us and for so many others throughout history, and we can, we can have a growing faith in that fact. God says he's faithful, okay? He says that he's always been faithful, And so I can have a strong faith and confidence that he will always be faithful just as he promises. But then I have to pause and just be honest with you and say maybe just between you and me, has that always been your experience? Has God always showed up? I mean, we kind of nod and go, yeah, he has. But again, just between you and me, has there been times when you prayed something and it didn't really happen the way you really thought it should have? Is, it, is that just me? Yes, now we have some honest people saying, yeah, that's that. So John, when you say that God's always been faithful, although I believe that kind, I'm not sure that's been my experience, and so my faith right off the bat starting to get a little shaky. Well, here's the key as you start looking at God's promises and as you start asking him for things. Okay, listen to this and catch us this morning. You can ask God for anything. You truly can. You can ask God for anything, and it's fine. But catch this. If it's not a clear promise from God... Don't tie your faith to it. Did you catch that? 
you can ask for whatever you want. It can be outrageous. It can be ridiculous. And he's okay with that. But if, if it's not a clear promise from God, don't put your faith there. Don't link your faith to it. You ask for this thing that, that doesn't happen because it's not tied to a promise, and then my faith is shattered, and maybe God isn't who he says he is. God let me down again when I asked him to bring me my future mate this week, and it didn't happen. <laughs> you know, or, or I asked God for more money and a better job so I could give more to the church and help the poor, but it didn't happen. There it goes again, my faith. Now, now I, I don't mean to make fun of this because there's light situations, serious ones, but listen, you can expect God to do every single thing he's promised in his time and in his way. You catch that? Everything that he has promised, but in his time and in his way, perfectly and completely. But put your faith there in that true God and allow him the time and space to achieve his purposes that are tied to his promises. He has purposes that are tied to his promises. That's what we can link our faith to, God's promises, and a growing confidence in that as we see it work out. Well, a second way I can grow my faith is by confidently doing what God calls me to do by confidently doing what God calls me to do. This first thing, the first one was a belief in God's promises, and now, hey, I'm going to actually take some action. I want to take a look at Hebrews 11, verse 2, talking about faith. This is the next verse. It says this, this, this faith is what the ancients were commended for. Now, the rest of Hebrews chapter 11 lists story after story after story of people in the Bible who had amazing faith, and we'll be looking at those stories and those characters in the next bunch of weeks to come, really learning from them, digging in and understanding who they were, the faith they had, and how we can grow as a part of that. But the thing that these people all had in common uh, and, and the thing that they were commended for was not their charisma. <laughs> it was not their leadership skills nor their giftedness. It wasn't their good looks even. <laughs> It's the fact that they didn't just have great faith in their head and in their hearts, but they actually acted on that faith. Their faith wasn't something that they simply believed. It was something that God put before them, and they took the step. That's what they all have in common that we'll see in the next weeks to come. When God gave them some direction, even when he asked them to do something uncomfortable, perhaps, they had enough faith that they moved forward confidently a step at a time, knowing, knowing that if God called them to do something, catch this, if God called them to do something, that he would actually equip them and provide everything they needed to do it. You know, if God called me to do something small, he'll give me what I need. If God calls me to do something huge, God, you better give me a lot, man, to make this happen, because on my own, I can't, okay? But be, having faith enough to take a step, well, the third way that I can grow my faith is by, on your outline, believing that God is behind everything good and he's also beyond understanding. Now, these are two different things. He's, he's behind everything good and he's beyond understanding. They're two different things, but they really overlap, and I want to show you how. Let's look at Hebrews 11.3 to see God's next statement about faith. It says, By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. Okay, that's it, that's the verse. Now, here's what it's saying in the context here. I have to have faith that God is behind everything good, all of creation, in fact. Okay, I have to have faith that God spoke the universe into existence, create, creating everything there is out of nothing. Nothing became something there. Now, I have to have faith because I wasn't there. I didn't see it. Neither, were, neither did you, right? No one was there but God himself. But because God says it in the Bible... Because his word is true, right? I'm going to believe by faith that when he says he is a creator, then yes, he is a creator. Now, is all of that beyond me when we start diving into it? Is God beyond our human understanding, as intelligent as we claim to be? <laughs> Absolutely. 
right? Absolutely. God, the infinite being, cannot possibly be fully understood by his finite creation. And you know, as intellectual as I sometimes like to be, I've gotten to the point where I'm okay with that. I can't understand. It doesn't mean I don't want to try, but he's so far beyond my understanding, and, and you know what? That's okay. In fact, I'm not sure I'd want to worship a God that I could fully understand, right? I don't know about you. Well, last week, a group of physicists who've been studying the origin of life made the news uh, with the published discovery of something they called the God particle. Did you run across this fascinating, oh, some of you are nodding your heads, a well-read group this third service as well. So again, good timing. Thank you, Lord, for this message, because now I won't bore you with the details. I kind of went, oh, interesting to look into it, but, but I want to give you a bottom line, and that is that they continue to use the latest scientific advances to discover why we and the rest of the universe exist. Okay, it even says right here, they want to discover that. Why do we and the rest of the universe exist? So they discovered a subatomic particle they've called the Higgs boson or the Higgs particle, and they're excited about the discovery. Hang on, I don't want to bore you. I want to give you a couple of quotes, very understandable, that are going to bring this home. I want to quote this. they, They say this, they say, the Higgs particle, what they call the God particle, would help explain why the matter created in the Big Bang actually has mass. And and without this particle, the universe would be a very different place. What sort of a place? No ordinary matter as we know it, no chemistry, no biology, and no people. (laughs) It would be a different place, huh, without all those things, right? So, you know, I look into this, and I'm sure glad that God had the Higgs particle to use, you know, or he would have been in big trouble when it came time for creation, right? You know, God's, I think I'm ready for creation. Now, where did I put that Higgs boson? (laughs) Where is that Higgs particle so I can get the show on the road, right? I mean, I am so glad... Now, I don't, want to make, I don't want to make fun of science or scientists at least too much. And honestly, I actually appreciate the, the intellectual pursuits of truth because all truth is God's truth, even if it's not theology, the study of God. So, so I actually appreciate that. But bottom line, our modern science usually scratches a little bit closer to beginning to understand what God did all those years ago and how he did it. They scratch a little bit closer, all with the idea that if and when they figure it out, it will allow science to leave God out of the equation. See, this is, it's the God particle. It wasn't God, it was the God particle. And the truth is that's just never going to happen and it doesn't threaten me in the least. I can always fall back on that time, time ancient old truth called logic that says, let's say there is a, this, this particle is out there. Who created that particle, right? I mean, that's just simple logic that says at some point, you know, if, you, if you're going to be open to logical reasoning here, God, God is there. The verse said again, by faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. Now, did God create and use what they're calling the Higgs boson in the creation process? I don't know. Perhaps he did. But I have absolute faith that God is behind everything good and that he is also far beyond our comprehension. I don't fear scientific discovery. I enjoy it as we see more and more how complex God is. We do the latest greatest little discovery, and I'm, God's not going, wow, tell me about that, right? It could have been one of God's little afterthought things that we finally just discovered, and we're ooing and over. I go ooh and ah over God that he's so amazing and complex, you know? So amazing and complex that he can simply speak a word, he can breathe a breath, and life springs into being. <laughs> Higgs particle involved or not, right? You know, it's right there, it's right there. It's our faith. So are you ready to believe confidently today? Are you ready to have a growing faith in God's promises and his word? Are you ready to confidently do what God calls you to do a step at a time? 
And are you ready to believe that God is behind everything good and that he is beyond human understanding and you're ready to be okay with that? If so, you will see God grow your faith, begin and continue to grow your faith, and your trust in him will deepen. And here's the key. Your peace in God and life will grow. As your faith and your trust deepen, you'll find a new and deeper peace in God and in life. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for this morning and the chance we've had to begin Hebrews chapter 11 and start unpacking this concept of faith. And Lord, a true confession, so, so many times we don't know what to think about faith. And we've believed some wrong things and, and, and it's intimidated us, intimidated us or it's, it's given us some, some bad, inadequate feelings, God. Thank you that our faith isn't about faith itself, it's about you. And that as we put, place you as our object of faith, that you're the one with the power you're the one with the direction. You're the one with the call for our lives. You're the one who's behind it all, Father. And yes, you beyond, you're beyond our understanding, and yet we can understand the relationship with you that you desire. God, thank you for that. Father, give us that little mustard, mustard seed-sized faith, Lord, that we can act on and take that little step at a time, Father. Build in us what we need, God, to impact your world. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.